0: Josh Aston here, Israel Uncensored, on the Land of Israel Network, at thelandofisrael.com. It is Monday, the 18th of October, 2021, the 12th of Cheshvan 5782, coming to you from the hills of Judea, Gush Etzion, just south of Jerusalem, the eternal capital of the Jewish people. Hope you are safe. Hope you are well. Don't forget, you can get in touch with me during the week, Josh, at thelandofisrael.com on Facebook. Joshua Haston or Josh Haston, Israel Advocacy and Journalism on Twitter at Josh Haston and on Instagram as well. I just got a press release here this morning from the Im 2 organization, and they do amazing work. By the way, if you're not familiar with them, Im 2 that's I-M-T-I-R-Z-U, go check them out. And this has to do with a new featured... Series, I guess, on Netflix, according to a press release by MTier 2, uh, the vast majority of films featured in Netflix's new Palestinian Stories, that's what it's called, Palestinian Stories collection, were directed by BDS supporters, the pro Israel watchdog organization MTier 2 uncovered. Last week, Netflix announced the launch of a new collection of 32 films aimed at highlighting palestinian life i mean we can talk about what a palestinian is uh, and, and what it isn't but for now we're going to use that terminology as of monday the streaming giant uploaded 28 of the 32 films to its collection a new expose by im revealed that of the 28 films on the platform 25 of them or 89 percent were directed by bds supporters the 28 films were created by a total of 19 directors, 16 of whom support boycotting Israel, or 84%. Im further discovered that 12 of the directors called to boycott Israel as recent as May 2021, signing an open letter titled, A Letter Against Apartheid. That letter accused the Israeli government of perpetuating a so-called massacre in Gaza, and protecting, incur- encouraging murder, intimidation, and violent dispossession. At its conclusion, the letter called to boycott Israel. Now, here's the most important point of this story, in my opinion. Okay? Because you can argue people's personal views are their business, and we shouldn't be concerned about what somebody somebody believes. Okay? But this is the most important part uh, of this story, in my opinion um critics of the new netflix collection argue that the films portray a biased depiction of the conflict while glorifying terrorism and omitting the thousands of terror attacks perpetuated against israeli civilians matan peleg ceo of tier 2 called it disgraceful the netflix netflix is featuring propaganda films directed by the bds supporters whose sole goal is to slander and delegitimize the only democracy in the Middle East. Now, again, people's personal opinions, obviously those Israel haters and BDS supporters, um, it's obvious what I think of them, okay? But using their films, using their art in order to incite to violence, okay? That's a different story. There's freedom of expression and then there are lies which can cause violence, which incite the violence. So it would seem that the films from the BDS directors glorify terror, according to this report, um, and that is crossing the line. Again, there's freedom of expression, and then there's calls or support of terror, which incur- encourages or incites terror against Israel, the Jewish state of Israel. So there's a difference there. Uh, Maybe we should be calling Netflix and explaining to them this difference, the difference between artistic expression and the glorification of terror. So that's what I'm taking away from this story. It looks like some of these films, or the majority of these films, produced, created, directed by these BDS Israel haters have crossed the line, and that is... That is where the major problem is. Um, and let's see. Maybe if everyone out there calls Netflix and explains, maybe we should watch the movies first and then form an opinion. You could argue that. Again, I don't know in terms of, uh, you know, if watching a movie, I don't know how Netflix and the algorithms work. If you watch their movies, do they see that you, They, I'm sure I guess they must see that you watch the movie and maybe that's a sign of, uh expression an expression of support so maybe it's not a good idea maybe it's just a better idea to rely on this information from tier 2 and let nef- netflix know that you do not approve you approve of freedom of speech but you do not approve of incitement or hatred the glorification of terrorism against the state of israel so anyway i just got that this morning i thought it was important to discuss and let's see what happens, maybe, if enough people pressure Netflix to, uh, to get rid of this uh, garbage, to get rid of this anti-Israel hate on their platform. And speaking of hate and incitement in Islamic terrorism, uh, the Jerusalem Post yesterday reported that British lawmaker David Amos was stabbed to death in an Essex church on Friday by an assailant who lunged at him as he met voters and what police said was a terrorist attack. Amos, who was 69, from Prime Minister Boris Johnson's Conservative Party, was knifed repeatedly in the attack at about midday at the Belfares Methodist Church uh, east of London. The Metropolitan Police, whose counterterrorism unit is leading the investigation, said in a statement, over the weekend, they declared the fatal stabbing a terrorist incident. Prime Minister Naftali Bennett tweeted on Saturday night that Amos was a true friend of Israel. Um, I am not very familiar with uh, MPs and their positions on Israel. I'll, I'll admit that to you. But from again, from what I understand and what in front, from what I read on Twitter... This was uh, Mr. Amos, David Amos. MP Amos was a friend, a supporter of Israel. Um, I'm seeing it all over the place out of this country, people sending their condolences. And here you have a a terror attack here outside of London committed by an Islamic extremist. And it, it is it is shocking. It is shocking um unfortunately not surprising but it is shocking that something like this can happen and this is what i got from times of israel the suspect being held by uk police on suspicion of the murder of mp david amos his name is ali Harbi ali reports say the 25 year old is a british citizen with somali heritage who on one hand is not thought to have been previously known to security services. However, however, Ali had been referred to something called PREVENT, the UK's counter-terrorist scheme for those thought at risk of radicalization. A few years ago, he was referred to this body called uh, PREVENT, um, the BBC reported. Ali is believed not to have spent long a long time in the program which is voluntary in nature i'm i'm actually reading this from times of israel this is what is what was reported folks this program to prevent radicalization voluntary nature and therefore he was never formally a subject of interest to the domestic security agency according to the bbc so let me get this straight this guy was referred to a voluntary anti-radicalization program which i don't even understand what that is or what that means i mean how weak is that if you suspect somebody is going to carry out a terror attack or has been radicalized you can suggest to them you know what you should really attend this voluntary program or deprogram program to get your head on straight this sounds like a complete joke I mean, that's all you can do. You think someone may be a radical jihadist, and the all the best thing you can do is ask him to come to some cookie and coffee meetings. I mean, this sounds absolutely p- preposterous. This is so weak. And now this MP paid the price. It's just unbelievable. Prevent. Does anybody out there, if you know about this prevent voluntary program, let me know about it. Because it it honestly sounds like like a complete joke. It sounds like I'm reading something from uh, from one of these satire um, uh, online publications. Voluntary anti-radicalization training. Anyway, um, let's let's focus here on MP David Amos and and send our condolences to uh, to his family to the people of England, Great Britain uh, for this horrible, horrible terror attack um, in the Western world. Not only is there terror, physical terror, are also different types of cyber terror attacks. TOI reported that a number of attempted cyber attacks targeting Israeli hospitals and health centers, you have to be sick if you're doing this. If you're targeting hospitals, okay, um, where was I? A number of attempted cyber attacks were identified and thwarted over the weekend. The National Cyber uh, Body and Health Ministry announced on Sunday. Early assessments and a quick response from this uh, directorate and staff on the ground halted the attempts and no damage was caused. According to a statement, it was not immediately clear what type of attacks were attempted or who may who who have may, sorry, rather, who may have been behind them. Now, these attacks came this weekend after the Hillel Yaffa Medical Center in Hadera was hit with a major ransomware cyber attack last week, crippling systems that could take months to recover. Some non-urgent procedures were canceled at the medical center. Most of the hospital's work is continuing using alternative IT systems, and with pen and paper. So you have a hospital in Israel which was cyber-attacked, and uh, thank God more attacks were thwarted. But here is where we are, folks. We are officially too reliant on technology, and this is flat-out dangerous and could cost lives. And again, we don't know who exactly is behind it, but is it just... Random that they attacked Israel, I, I, I doubt it. It's possible, but you have to be really sick if you are cyber-attacking a hospital which operates machines, which patient, which doctors rely on to take care of their patients. But again, too much technology. Be honest, who else panicked Okay, when WhatsApp went out? What was it, about 10 days ago around the world, WhatsApp and Facebook and all that went out? It's pretty frightening how dependent we are on this stuff. I mean, I'm guilty like everyone else. Um, I do still keep a pen and paper calendar, but everything else these days days is digital. And Israel certainly is a target because of the haters out there. So this is uh, pretty scary stuff, folks, these cyber attacks. Switching gears here, Times of Israel reports the Israeli military shot a shot dead a Syrian intelligence official who was believed to be working with Iran to establish a front against Israel on the Golan border uh, in the Syrian town of Ain Altina along the frontier, um, the Golan, the Syrian, uh, the Syrian part of the Golan. This is actually reported by Syrian media. Over the weekend, um, the Sana News Agency said that uh, Midhat Asala, former security prisoner in Israel, who later fled to Syria, served in parliament and joined the country's intelligence service, was targeted by gunfire. According to Al Jazeera, he was shot dead by an Israeli sniper. Again, we got to take all this with a grain of salt in terms of the reporting here by some of these news outlets. But um, Israel, uh, our military, did not comment on the matter, but apparently this guy was a bad dude, and he wanted to set up, working with Iran, he wanted to set up a front against Israel along the Syria-Golan border. Again, he was jailed in this country, in Israel, for security-related crimes 12 years ago, and then he was released, he fled to Syria. And then apparently he was given the Golan Heights portfolio, according to Syria media. Uh, The the moral of the story here is don't mess with Israel. That's the bottom line. Uh, We don't forgive. We don't forget. And uh, if you're going to try to carry out terror attacks against us, sooner or later you will be caught. Uh, There will be vengeance. So uh, I think that's the moral of the story here from this uh, Syrian uh, slash Iranian, uh, proxy agent who tried to set up a terror front against the state of Israel. A lot of, a lot of terror related stories here. This one not confirmed as a terror attack, but you be the judge of that. Uh, the, uh, the J post via Reuters reported that in Norway, a man killed five people with a bow and arrow and other weapons uh, Reuters says he was probably suffering from mental illness, according to police. However, however police earlier said that uh, the killer here, 37-year-old Danish citizen, uh, was a convert to Islam who had shown signs of radicalization, with the attack appearing to be an act of terror. So first they call it a terror attack. Then they say the guy had mental illness. I'm going with terror, folks. I'm going with terror. You want to say that he was mentally ill in terms of the fact that he was radicalized or brainwashed. Maybe he didn't go to that, uh, that special prevent course, which they offer over there in, uh, in England. Um, but this looks like a, a, a terror attack. Uh, pretty gruesome, pretty horrible in Norway there. Five people dead in this bow and arrow uh, incident. Let's keep it here with this uh, with this terror business. Now, the Jewish press reported that three Israeli senior Israeli Arab politicians, Achmatibi MK Achmatibi, from the Joint Arab List, former MK Mohammed Barake, who currently heads the High Monitoring Committee of the Arab Public in Israel, and the former mayor of Um al Fakham, Doctor Suleyman Ajbaria. I guess they had nothing better to do over the weekend than visit Hamas member Makdad al-Kowasma at his hospital bed at the Kaplan Medical Center in Rehovot. He is the brother of Marwan, uh, Kowasma, who was part of the abduction and murder of the three boys, um, Gilad Shire, uh, Naftali Frankel, and Eyal Yifra, Hashem Yikom Damo, so he uh, he is the brother of this terrorist, and according to sources, he's also a member of the Hamas terror organization. He's currently in a hospital in in Rehovot. It doesn't say here why he is hospitalized. Perhaps he's part of this uh, prisoner hunger strike. I'm not exactly sure, but here you have three, including a current member of Knesset, taking the time to go visit a Hamas terrorist I don't know if you saw this or not. There were two, I think, hospital, Arab hospital employees, and this is frightening, who decided to take a selfie with this Hamas terrorist, and I think either they posted posted it on social media or somebody posted it. Uh, they later apologized. I don't know why they weren't fired, as if this guy was some sort of hero, and they were uh, wanting to take a selfie with him. That was two hospital workers uh, last week, and now you have three senior Arab politicians who are going to uh going to an Israeli hospital where he's getting the best treatment on the planet. And they are uh you know, wishing him well, hoping he has a speedy recovery, and that's what they're doing with their time. By the way, according to uh the organization Hatzala, Yudava Shemron, Judea and Samaria, at least hundred and four Jews have been murdered and hundreds hundreds injured. By terrorists from this clan, uh, the Koasma clan. So keep that in mind as well, as people are taking selfies with them and visiting them in, as uh, visiting this terrorist in particular in the hospital. Switching to Southlake, Texas. This reported by NBC. A top administrator with the Carroll Independent School District in Southlake advised teachers last week. That if they have a book about the Holocaust in their classroom, they should also offer students access to a book from an opposing perspective, according to an audio recording obtained by NBC News. So here you have an administrator suggesting if you're going to teach the Holocaust, then maybe you should teach some of the Hitler propaganda, uh, the Goebbels uh, propaganda, just to keep things fair and balanced, right? It would only make sense. If you featured some of those horrible books and videos and everything else the Nazis put together, because we have to show an opposing perspective. This according to a top administrator in this South Lake, Texas, uh, Carroll Independent, Independent School District. This is not, again, a, not a story from The Onion or any other um, spoof online publication. This actually happened. A top administrator suggested that we have an alternative or opposing perspective on the Holocaust. Again, I don't know, maybe you have a show and tell and bring in an ex-Nazi to give his perspective to say, well, you know, it wasn't really that bad, or it didn't really happen, or the Jews deserved it, or whatever the case is. But to suggest an alternative or or opposing perspective when it comes to truth When it comes to reality, this is pretty sick. The superintendent sent out a letter expressing his his apology in regard to the incident, in regard to what his one of his workers, uh, uh, one of his administrators said. Uh, This person's uh, the administrator's claim was that there is some sort of law in that area in terms of presenting different viewpoints. The teachers have to present a different viewpoint. I I don't understand this exactly, uh, what the legalities here are or what her point was in making this suggestion. But uh, the superintendent certainly distancing himself or herself. I believe it's a her. I'm not exactly sure from this um, administrator saying that uh, there are not, he said here or she said here. Lane, he or she, I'm not exactly sure, said, we recognize there are not two sides of the Holocaust, um, and uh, this legislation does not require an opposing viewpoint on historical facts. So the superintendent doing the right thing, saying there is no alternative or opposing view when it comes to the fact that the Nazis murdered six million Jews. So the superintendent doing the right thing, but uh, this school administrator I don't know if it's out of hate or not thinking, I don't know what, but saying that uh, the school should offer an opposing perspective when it comes to the Holocaust. Pretty crazy, right? Uh, Sticking on the subject of Holocaust or Nazis, a vendor, according to Ynet News, a vendor at a major motorcycle rally in Florida briefly sold hats emblazoned with Nazi symbols saying she considered them a tribute to World War II veterans who helped defeat the Germans. So you sell Nazi hats, it's a tribute somehow to those who defeated the Germans. Uh not everyone agrees, folks. Not everyone agreed that this was the right thing to do at this motorcycle rally um including the president of the Jewish Federations in the uh, in the area. They weren't so happy. They didn't buy this uh this logic that selling Nazi paraphernalia was a tribute to help those who defeated the Germans. So Um, there you have, uh, Nazi merch down in the Daytona beach area. While at the same time, the Jewish press reports that a woman poured gasoline and started a fire outside of the yeshiva of Flatbush Joel Braverman high school, uh, on Avenue J in Brooklyn Thursday evening. I don't know if she was trying to burn down the school, burn down the yeshiva, but a yeshiva security guard quickly put out the fire and called the NYPD. So that's uh, that's some of the negative, and there's actually a few positive stories here. Uh, um, first one is this reported by the J-Post. Israeli Judoka Geffen Primo won the gold medal at the Paris Grand Slam over the weekend. Uh, she competes in the under-52-kilogram category. The 21-year-old... Also won the bronze at the World Judo championships, uh, championships in July, becoming the first Israeli woman to win a medal in the international competition uh, since 2014. And uh, congratulations are in store for Geffen Primo, 21-year-old who won gold at this Paris Judo competition. So congratulations to her also in yesterday's j post an israeli-american project is aiming to provide treatment for alzheimer's disease with cutting edge made in israel ultrasound technology cooperation between dr tzion Zilbi, director of neurosurgery uh, neurosurgery surgery sorry at the sheba medical center in tel shomer and dr ali rezai head of the rockefeller neuroscience institute at west virginia university Intends to fight the disease using non-invasive ultrasound waves to deliver therapy, therapy directly to the brain without endangering it or requiring any surgery. Procedure has already been approved by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. Now the duo is focusing on using the same system to target other brain diseases. Here you have Israeli-American collaboration, Israeli-made technology, this ultrasound technology to treat Alzheimer's. If you're out there and you're a BDS hater, if you're one of these Netflix anti-Israel BDS haters and uh, somebody in your family needs this treatment, don't be a hypocrite. Stay home. Watch your anti-Israel hate Netflix movies. Do not use this treatment because you don't want to be a hypocrite, do you? Um, That's one story. And there's one other story. This I saw on the Jewish press via the TPS news agency. And this connects my home state of Indiana to Israel. Okay, I actually know people who are at this event. I guess a groundbreaking celebration last week. Doral Energy, an Israeli company, has launched the Mammoth Solar Project in Knox, Indiana. Apparently that's in northern Indiana, which will become the largest solar field in the U.S. at a cost of about $1.5 billion dollars. The project is about 50,000 dunam in size and will stretch into both Stark and Pulaski counties. The solar field will ultimately produce 1.3 gigawatts of clean energy. Isn't that a Back to the Future term? For about 200,000 homes. All right, now I'm being serious here. Okay, the project is expected to be complete by the end of uh, by the, uh, the end of the summer in 2023. Israel's ambassador to the U.S. and the, US, uh, the U.N. Gilad Erdan, participated in the groundbreaking ceremony on Wednesday together with Indiana Governor Eric Holcomb. The mammoth solar project is a milestone in the Israel-U.S. relationship, said Erdan. It is the It will be the biggest solar energy uh, field in the United States. Erdogan added that, quote, this is just the beginning. If our relationship is the Indy 500, I like that a lot that he said that, then we are only on the first lap. As Mammoth Solar shows, our cooperation today can help ensure that we play a leading role in the innovative industries of tomorrow, from renewable energy to smart agriculture, from cybersecurity to life sciences. As Israel's ambassador, I'm committed to furthering our relationship in every way. And by the way, a third of Israel's electricity will stem from solar power, according to this report, by 2030. So another collaboration between Israel and the U.S., in this case, the state of Indiana, the groundbreaking for the largest solar field in the U.S., which will provide clean energy to 200,000 homes. So if you're in this area, in northern Indiana, and you're a BDS supporter, and Israel hater, stay away from using this solar energy or we will deem you a hypocrite but this, this is a great story collaboration between the state where i was born indiana and the state where i am now the state of israel the jewish state of israel great news there um and that's going to do it for today's show my name is josh Haston. this has been another edition of israel uncensored on the land of israel network at the Send me an email, josh at thelandofisrael.com. Let me know what you think of the show. If you agree with me, disagree with me, if there's something you want to add, I'm happy to read your letters on next week's podcast. Big shout out to Benjamin Breski, engineer extraordinaire, Tabitha Epstein, for everything she does behind the scenes here. Again, get in touch with me by email, josh at thelandofisrael.com, Facebook, Joshua Haston or Josh Haston, Israel Advocacy and Journalism on Twitter at Josh Haston and now on Instagram as well coming to you this week from beautiful Gush Etzion. I hear building, once again in the background, building the land of Israel. It's happening, folks. Come on over. I think they're going to um, ease some of those uh, coronavirus restrictions. Come over for a visit uh, or come and uh, join us here. Come Eqaliyah, join us here in the state of Israel. Everyone out there in a wonderful world of ours, be safe, be healthy, only good things. Shalom, shalom from Gush Zion, in Israel, just south of Jerusalem, the eternal capital of the state of Israel and the Jewish people. Have a great week, everybody. There's a new generation of pro-Israel activists, and Yishai Fleischer is on the cutting edge. And I see on social media how many people believe the incredible lies against the Jewish people. The blood libel lives and live stronger than ever. Join Yishai every Thursday for news, Torah, and politics from the heartland of Israel. When I think about all this stuff, I must tell you, I want to get a little bit down. And then I realize, listen, we've got to right now build and do and not become despondent. Be positive and strong about moving things forward. I said to myself, Yeshai Fleischer, you are not here in this world to sow. Doubt and fear and disbelief. You are here to channel positivity and strength. That's the Yeshai Fleischer Show on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com.